Hi, I'm Jai. I'm TJ. I'm John Luke. And, and this, this is, is Three Cousins Do a Podcast. A trio of anime, movie, and video game enthusiasts. Anything entertaining, we're on it. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's TJ from Three Cousins Do a Podcast. And you're listening to our fifth episode. That's right, five episodes in the book already. That's a huge milestone for us, and we really appreciate all of you guys that have been listening since the beginning. Um, another milestone we're trying to reach is 100 followers on Instagram. So if you're not following or if you know someone that is not following that might enjoy the podcast, you should direct them to Three Cousins Dual Podcast on IG. That's the number three cousins dual podcast. And um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about something a little different. It's kind of a more serious topic it is diversity in media and tokenization and i know that's something that means a lot to all three of us cousins because we're not only black men in america but we're trying to make it in the entertainment industry so hopefully this sparks some good conversation and you guys enjoy the podcast without further ado let's get to it happy fifth episode guys yeah episode five episode v yeah. That's how we should do it. It's just Roman numerals from now on. I won't put numbers anymore. Yeah, just that, that'll, that'll re- really rake in the views, you know. Bro, that's yeah. the reason I never know what Super Bowl it is. <laughs> it's always yeah. like XBLLI. Yeah, exactly. Do I look Roman to you? Yeah, honestly. We got a doozy of a topic today. Do we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. Talking about some Tolkienism. So don't not Tolkienism, all right? Tokenism. <laughs> that's the word. Tolkienism. We're talking about tokenism. We're talking about inclusivity. Yeah. We're talking about diversity, diversity in media. Diversity yeah. in media. Yes. Leela, those umbrella terms. So I think a good place to start would be to talk about as a child growing up, what what characters, what people did you look up to in media uh, growing up, you know? I guess I'll start. Um, so I didn't really have anyone to look up to like that. I wasn't really one of the kids that idolized uh, characters or cartoon characters or anything like that. But um, what I will say, the characters that I did look up to were not of any sort of minority. <laughs> they, like, not like not even women, like... I, I looked up to like white men, that being like Bruce Wayne, Peter Parker, etc. And I I just think it's very interesting because I can't even think of like I can't even think of one person that was e- even slightly dark. It's it's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about you, Jai? Uh, like I was saying before, I was never really paying attention to that. I was always just like watching for entertainment, um, and like. For example, like Avatar The Last Airbender is probably like one of the first cartoons where I was really like, oh my gosh, I got to keep watching this. And I mean, like, there's like just a good amount of diversity in there because it's based on like different areas of the world and like different people live in those different areas, yada, yada. But I mean, like, again, like it was never a thing where it's like, oh, I need like someone who's dark-skinned in, in this cartoon, because, like, you know, we don't have those political minds when we're younger. Um, but, yeah, so I would say not 
not, no one was really like my hero or something like that. Yeah, I, I get that. And like growing up, uh, kind of similarly to you, John Luke, like uh, I was a big fan of Peter Parker. Uh, that was like a huge role model. Spider-Man was so cool to me. However, I was fortunate enough to be around during the Static Shock cartoon. Mm. And that was so cool. It had the theme song done by Lil Romeo. Yeah. And like it, 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 like I wasn't super aware of like all the political nature of it and everything, but it was cool to have a character that looked more like me. And like uh, growing up and like watching a lot of cartoons, I, I tended to like kind of my favorite characters used to be like the big like oaf dumb characters like Patrick Star, uh, like Ed from Ed and Nettie, even like the flea from Mucha Lucha. I liked a lot, but Mucha Lucha. Like uh, I, I did always like appreciate, and it was always easier to like characters that looked like me. Like I'm thinking like Erwin from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Gerald from Hey Arnold. Like it, it, it was nice to see characters that shared my complexion. Right. I think, I think it's a very interesting to note that like, I, now that I'm thinking about it a lot more, I think the reason why I didn't like idolize anybody is because they didn't really look like me, you know? I, yeah. I, whenever I would, cause I know a lot of kids like my age back then would have like dressed up as superheroes, but I never really had an interest in interest in like dressing up like Batman or, or Peter yeah. Parker's Spider-Man because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't look like these characters. I can't do it. And I, I yeah. think that's why when I, when I got a little bit older, like I think around when I was like 13 is when I discovered, oh, Miles Morales exists and Miles Morales is um mixed, but you know, he's, he's dark. So I was like, whoa, there, here's a character that like shares my complexion, albeit a little lighter. And I felt a connection to him. And I felt like I finally could like be a superhero or any, any sort of character like that. Or even like going back a little earlier to when I was really young as a child, um, the cartoon, fantastic cartoon, Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Number five, a uh, black, black girl character. I, I thought she was the coolest because like, and obvi- obviously they hammed up her dialogue, but mm-hmm. it was so interesting because I, I had never heard anybody speak like that in a show. And I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, I know people who speak like this and it makes me feel good. Obviously, yeah. it was a little bit stereotypical and kind of if he's looking back at things. But um, mm-hmm. I do think it was nice to have that tiny bit of uh, representation. Yeah. And big shout out to her, her voice actor, Cree Summer, because yes. she like voiced all the black women back then. <laughs> like number five, Susie from uh, Rugrats, she voiced. Yeah. There, there was so oh, really? many yeah like, like mm-hmm. her discography is crazy yeah and uh it, it, back back then especially now now that i'm thinking about it as it, it, it's it's a thing in the cartoons back then especially where you just have the one token black character in every yeah. single show yeah. and they um, would either be really nerdy or just super cool Right, right. Nothing in between. They weren't really complex. They they just they were very one note kind of kind of characters. And that hurt because it's like 
you you see one character and the first time you see it, you're like okay this is so cool you know it's somebody like me but after a while you're like okay i get it this is an archetype that you're selling to me mm-hmm. and it's it's things like that where now i'm like I, now i don't really get excited when i see a black character in a mostly non-black cast because I'm like, oh well, I can tell it. I can. There's like two different ways that this character can go, and nor, nine times out of ten, I'm right. Um, mm. So it's just, it's very. Uh, I, when it comes to black characters and looking up to them, I've not had the best history. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. I think Marvel's doing a good job with that, though. Well, uh, uh, explain, elaborate. Yeah, I mean. You do have um, Falcon. You do have who is Iron Man's um, Brody, right? Oh, uh, War Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, War Machine. You got War Machine, and obviously Black Panther. Um, and they're they're all pretty strong, and have their own like. Well, I don't, I don't know if Warhammer was originally white. I have no idea, but I know the War other machine. two. War Machine. I don't know. It was but originally white. Um, but the other two definitely were originally black. So, but my here, but here's my problem with like two out of three of those, right? War Machine and Falcon, and I don't, I don't okay. know the history. I don't know the history of both of them in the comics. So I'm just speaking from an MCU perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, they're War Machine and Falcon are both just the black sidekicks to <laughs> white big superheroes. Like, well, I mean, but they're starting to have their own stories now, and they definitely yeah, have their own stories now. Well, but, I mean, everyone's got to have a sidekick, though. They do. No, no, actually, they actually don't. I, I like because and it's it's become like a trope. Like, I, I remember when I was watching Arrow, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Diggle, John, uh, John Diggle, who is Oliver Queen's like sidekick, quote unquote. He yeah. like he would like make a joke. Everyone's in every, every now and again, like he's like the black sidekick. And it's it was yeah. funny to watch it see it in the show, but it's also just like I I haven't seen a lot of like black characters taking the spotlight. And when they do take the spotlight, it's in like in a black trauma movie or like yeah. a black tragedy movie. And I'm just like, can I I would just like to see black people thriving, please. You know, you have Luke Cage. Luke Cage Luke Cage is very much like black <laughs> black trauma. Like I, I'm so talking about I. Okay. So I'm taught when I say like black trauma, I don't necessarily mean like trauma in the sense like it has to be like a tragedy, but in the sense that mm-hmm. it 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 focuses so heavily on the black themes where mm-hmm. it's just like I don't want to watch I don't want to watch a movie a I don't want to watch a movie or a show with a black character and the theme is sort of centered around being black. If I wanted to do that, I would go watch a raisin well, in the sun. Here's the thing, it's sun, like you know? what does that mean? Like what like when you say being black, is that like what but do you, you mean? see but you see, then you have then you have the certain tropes that come with it, like the whole mm-hmm. dealing with police and brutality, uh, dealing with racism and discrimination, which obviously comes with the territory of being black. But it yeah. does not have to be. You don't have to make a statement, or it doesn't have to be a theme in your show. And, you and, can, and that's not oh, all we are. Well, yeah. if you think about it, that is mostly like that's mostly here, right? In America, and then you know it happens in Europe, but like it's very focused upon here. That that yeah. sort of like for in that like lifestyle for Black people, and I mean mm-hmm. even even though that like is true for 
um, a good majority of black folk, like as time keeps progressing, like there are, you know, good, like this middle class uh, black people that are living lives that are free of this uh, kind of oppression or like, you know, that oppression towards like all oh, the police are like, I live in a poor neighborhood. Uh, um, you know, police are knocking on my door every day. Like, you know, that kind but of my thing story. Is, yes. My thing is that we're not seeing that, though. We're not yeah, seeing that. It's not, it's not reflected in media. Yeah. Like, because... <laughs> but, but think about it. If, if someone made something, right, um, where it was the black main character and they didn't go through all that stuff, and I, and I completely agree with you. I feel like they should make things about this without having to focus on like all those political stuff that are normally focused on with black people like if someone made that would a black audience like that or feel like it represents them because for me like i've never like seen myself as like like i know that like i am black like because my skin color but i never like associate it with like a lot of people like to associate it with like how you act and how you dress and uh, you know what you live through and like sometimes you know they'll call me like oh you're like a white black person right yeah because you don't you don't act a certain way or you talk yeah. good it's like this, this is stupid <laughs> like, yeah I mean, but like uh here, here's here's the thing about that though like it's i th- i do think, i do think that black people would resonate with a character like that because it's just a black person just being themselves yeah. And they would resonate yeah. it with because it's, they're just a regular person. Because, hey, guess what? Black people are just people. <laughs> you they know? are. Yes. And they there are. are a lot more like universal themes that black people can identify with besides mm-hmm. just like brutality or, oh, we have it rough or the struggle. There exactly. are other things like like we're creative. But we're like kind. We, we deal with like heartbreak and different things besides just racism and like the society and the system like there are yeah. and like it, it's reflective in like our art and everything that we made we're very expressive and we're not seeing the full scope of ourselves on the screen and like part of that is due to like um to who's writing the stories and who's creating the stories and like right. uh, kind of diversity behind the scene but even nowadays like the the diversity it just feels so forced at times like that uh, there there are so many characters that were not black originally that they turn black and like i'm not really all right with that not all of them cuz like you know sometimes it's really cool i love samuel l jackson as nick fury right and he does a great job in that role but like samuel l jackson <laughs> Yeah, did did Starfire have to be black in the new Titan show? Here's here's my here's my take on that and making characters black that aren't exactly black. I don't care what race a character is as long mm-hmm. as what race they are isn't integral to their character, you know, or isn't indicative of certain characteristics of their character, right? So yeah. uh-huh. for me it's like when they made Domino black in Deadpool I don't think anybody really noticed that much unless you're a comic diehard fan or really cared because like Domino doesn't have to like Domino doesn't she, she's just a character. Her her characteristics have nothing to do with her being any sort of particular race. Whereas if you were to take um, Superman and make him black, that fundamentally changes things because Superman yeah. is like the quintessential white American character. And he kind of represents things that are different from 
if if you make if you make him black, there are a lot of things about his character and his backstory that would change. And mm-hmm. like that, and that's where I'm like, okay, maybe you should make a new character instead of making this character black. When it comes to a character like Starfire, honestly, like I don't care particularly that she's black. I just wish she was orange because she's supposed to be orange because she's an alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like um, how um, uh, what's her name from Guardians of the Galaxy? Gamora. Oh, Gamora. Like yeah. They actually painted her skin green. Yeah, she's green. And her sister's blue. Right. Which it's admittedly, awesome. it's a lot of work for for like makeup artists, and I'm I'm not like we're not like discrediting that, all right? Yeah. We understand that's a lot of work and a lot of time, but yeah. at the same time, it's like. Paint the Come damn on. body <laughs> orange. Do it. Do it. Also, that brings up a, a, a good uh, point with a like on the other side of things. Where like, I remember growing up, there were some characters that weren't like outwardly black, but like I always like felt were black. Like like Martian Piccolo from Dragon Ball, Martian Manhunter. Yeah, like yeah, Knuckles from Sonic. Like Idris yes. Elba's voicing Knuckles, and I'm so hyped for that because yeah, this is a guy that has dreadlocks listens to reggae like he had like hip-hop and rap music in like the video games and like i always saw him as a black character even though this is a red echidna right some characters are definitely coded to be black and i think yeah. that's like it's, it's just so strange because like why are you tiptoeing around we all know that piccolo is black like yeah it just, <laughs> just comes through it just comes through you know <laughs> gosh I I I think uh, that when it comes to characters in TV shows, like being or having those black characteristics, it's you can either it can either be like one one of two things. One, they can just be super hammed up like crazy. Yo, I'm blacky black black black. You know what I mean? But like in like in like a very but in a very unintelligently presented way, so that it's stereotypical. Mm Or you have the black character that's like the smart black character, which is usually like a girl. They they usually like portray a woman as like the smart black character who's like trying to break out of the stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Like who? Like who? Like who? Example, example. uh, For example, like really any like movie... You see, I know. I'm sorry. I can't think of like any examples off the top of my head, but like... Okay, you know, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring it way back, way, way back, right? So, mm-hmm. a raisin, a raisin in the sun, right? Written by Lorraine Hansberry. It's a great, great written play. Um, so, this is this is a play written by a black person about black issues. But do you, do you guys know the characters or like the story? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, well, this uh, might go uh, over your head then. But, <laughs> this might go over your head then. But there's one character who her name is Benita. And her entire thing is that she's a very intelligent black woman who wants to break through the stereotypes and become a doctor, which is frowned upon because she's a black woman in like 1940s America, post post um, post war America. And mm. her whole her whole thing is that you know she's trying to break through the stereotypes and she wants to learn more about her culture. So you have the very intelligent black intelligent black character um, who's like usually like really radical and stuff. When it comes when that comes to their views, or you have the extremely stereotypical black, you know, gangster kind of character, and neither of those characters really have nuance when non-black people are writing them into shows. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I th- I feel like 
uh, sip of water. Yeah, yeah, you're good. It's like, so it feels like nowadays we're, we're getting somewhat different portrayals of like black people and people of color, but like it just feels like it's just new archetypes instead of the old ones that they used to use. Now it's Ooh. like, wait, you're saying okay, new archetypes instead of. Yeah, because like back then it was either oh it's it's the cool black friend or like the nerdy black friend. Now it's like the it really like woke sort of black person that's all and and don't remember like people like that exist. I'm not saying that this is totally out of left field or anything, but like there's like the woke, very social activist, very independent black woman character. There's like the very Kind you're of, talking about in all media, right? Yes, yeah. yes, in all media. There, there's like the, the upper middle class uh, black family that doesn't really know about the struggle or is detached from that sort of thing. And like it, and there are examples of it where it's done well. Like Watchmen, I feel yeah. like is a good example of like you black characters written well. I just started watching uh, it. I am not going to spoil it because, like, you need to watch it very much unspoiled, but it's very well written for the most part. And, like, there, there are some great Black characters in it that are, like, layered and complex. But for every good example, I feel that there's, like, three bad examples. So, like, well, it, it's, it's we're making progress, but it's not going as fast as I would like. And I think part of that is trying to make it happen instead of letting it happen naturally and like right. actually having the characters mean something another example of yeah uh in invincible so in the comics amber is okay. white and they, they changed her oh. to be black for the show and like that would be fine and everything but the problem is amber is horrible in the animated in, in like the a uh, show in the comics she wasn't like how she is in the show She's less so, likable. Wait, so she's even wait, she's even worse in the comics, or she's worse? She, no, no, she's worse in the show. In the comics, she's under. I mean, so, my guy was like disappearing every two seconds. Like, what do you expect? So, so like spoilers for the show. That line about Amber saying, "Oh, I always knew that you were invincible, or I knew, or I figured it out." That completely ruined her character in the show because it's like, yeah, I get that you're upset that like you want to spend time with your boyfriend and that like, he lied to you or whatever, but you knew what he was doing. You knew that he was out there saving the world and you're still going to throw a fit and play victim like that. It, it just felt very like toxic and manipulative. I don't even remember that line too much. Like, it was that, that, like that, that's, one, that's the line like, that sing, it single-handedly assassinated her character. <laughs> and you see that that's like, that that's an example of so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna expand on something I said before. Like when I said you can change a character's color if it doesn't like uh if it's not like integral to their character. But in that case, like I that's mostly me talking about like live action adaptations because mm-hmm. if the character if the character's race is not integral to the character, just get the just get just get the best actor for the job. It doesn't matter what yeah. uh, what race they are. But if you're mm-hmm. doing an animated adaptation what's the purpose in changing the uh, color of the character? You know, there isn't really any point to that. Like, I... I will say, though, I feel like I liked it because it's like, 
I don't know if they were just both white. It's just been so boring. It's like, ooh, you got the spice over here. You got the spice over there. It's but like, like cooking now. I don't but, see, but it's, I don't it's, see it's, it's, spice, it should, It shouldn't just be a spice. It should be a character. No, it shouldn't just be like... As far as the character, I, I don't mean like, okay, because she was black, like, oh, he's interested in black girls. Like, but it's like, I don't know. It's just like, if it was just another white girl, like, I feel like it would have been boring. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's, it's like they, they didn't even end up together in the end. That's the thing. Like, Wait, who'd he end up with? Who'd he end up with? No one, right? No one. <laughs> well, he, his dad did himself. just kill him. His dad basically almost killed my man. So, uh, yeah, major. What's he gonna, what is he going to do? We said that we said it was fun. I know, I know, but spoiled. like, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I just, yeah, I that's just an example. Like, like Johnny Storm in the recent Fantastic Four, played by Michael B. Jordan, is another example of like, yeah, okay, we get some more diversity, it's but they have to change one. the entire story because one of the people you change, we should make Indiana Jones be a sibling. We should do that of Indiana this Jones white black. character that you didn't change. Make Indiana Jones black do it, or have or just, just have a new character, right? That'd Indiana. be so funny. It'd just be like, um, it'd be like, um, what's his name? Who's that comedian? Uh, help me out, please. Oh yes, uh, that comedian. You have to give us more. Black than that. comedian, the black uh, comedian who's Eric Andre? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. It'd be like <laughs> Kevin Hart being Indiana Jones. Or something like that. I don't know. That's, just, be like the that's rock. just the next Jumanji movie. Pretty much. Like <laughs> the Rock would do it. The Rock would be the next Indiana Jones if he if they offered it to him. But like and and that's why uh, I talked with you guys about Milestone Comics earlier because they, they realize that we we don't need uh, next anything. We just need a first original new IP. Milestone. New IP. New yes, IP. it's a new IP. And a Milestone Comics was. Uh, uh, thing that came out in the 90s it was underneath uh dc like dc was funding it but it was made by uh, i'm trying to remember all the names i know Dwayne mcduffie was a huge part of it but there were other names involved with it and it created these black heroes uh, written and illustrated by black writers and we got to see stories from that perspective and that's where we got static shock that's where we got other heroes like Icon and his sidekick, the Rocket. That's where we got Hardware, and like it was these new characters that put a new spin on things, and that were black. Yeah, I mean, it's just really up to the future creators, like myself yeah. and yourself and John Luke. Like, we gotta just um, take our experiences and uh, put them to whatever we're doing, or at least tell people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't have the same experience as someone maybe who's living in the Bronx and it's who's not. black. Like I definitely don't. Um, yeah. and people need to know, like it's different experiences when you're black. It's not just, um, yes. Poverty uh, and struggle and rap. Yes. <laughs> rapping, those, I don't know. Yes. The, the, those four names that, uh, cause I definitely want to credit these four guys. It was Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cowan, Michael Davis, and Derek T. Dingle. Like they were the ones that came together and created these like cool new characters. And I'm glad not a lot of them have like stuck around and own, but like Static Shock, I think, was their most popular and for good reason. Yeah. Like it's cool. Would, it, it was kind of like the Spider Man of that world in a sense Wait, where like. Was Storm originally black? 
I'm pretty sure Storm was always black, yeah. Yes, oh. I think so. Storm is cool. Yeah, she's also the yeah. queen of Mars. Yeah. What? Yeah. Queen of a new, it's a new comic run. She's she's oh, yeah. comic stuff. Comic stuff. Comic stuff. Um, yeah. but, but yes, Static Shock was similar to Spider-Man in the regard that he was younger, he fit that target demographic, and he was relatable. So like it, it's not like this stuff can't be done the right way. It just oftentimes isn't. Yeah, I mean, like, it's very hard for studios to be like, oh, we're not going to, uh, we're going to trust in something that's new IP. Like, that's a hard thing to do. So we have to kind of, like, go through more independent There's this common route. saying that, like, uh, Hollywood loves to be second place to things. Like, no one, like, everyone is very, like, risk averse. So mm-hmm. no one wants to like touch any like new IPs. It's always like adaptations and remakes nowadays, or like we'll take stuff from comics or books, or now they're starting to branch over and like finally understanding how to adapt video games. Mm-hmm. But like it's it it really is frustrating how much how little faith they put into like new IPs and new ideas, considering how much everyone talks about how they want new ideas. <laughs> Well, they want, like, all right, like, if you're gonna, like, do something in a big genre, I feel like it's very hard to, like, push through into those, like, bigger, um, bigger production companies. But, like, you can probably get your thing on a streamer, most likely. A lot of streamers want that kind of unique IP stuff. Mm. Even then, it's still a little risky, but, like, people want new stuff. Especially Netflix. Um, people want new stuff. So, like, the streamers, it's safe. But, like, big things like Sony, Lionsgate, um, Warner Brothers, like, that's harder. Those are the ones you just see throwing out the same stuff every year. Yeah. Or at least just garbage movies. <laughs> and, and, uh, a little more insight into that is because uh, even with um, independent movies and some bigger budget things, they always have to think about the international market. So it's it's not yes. so much I didn't like, think about that. Like these like the audiences in America don't want this or they want like the white men and everything. But like I, I've been told and I've seen and there are like examples of this in the movies that like those international markets, cough cough China, uh aren't China. really as receptive to like other people of color. So they, yeah. they have to still rely on these like older white stars like Jason Statham and the Meg or Kevin Bacon to get that name recognition and to get people to buy into their movies. So it's it, it, it is very tough and it's very upsetting. It's not just an America thing of like the systematic racism here. It's a worldwide issue that is still like being worked through and being tackled. So. As an example of a black, or in this case, mixed character that is done very well while also not being, uh, you know, not their blackness not being like shoved down people's throats, like with the whole discrimination, all the black issues. Um, I'd like to talk about Into the Spider Verse, which yes. is a great movie. I literally just rewatched it this morning, as I told you guys earlier today. Oh, and nerd. I am. I'm a big nerd. I'm not sorry about it. So, uh, 
this movie, one, it's just a great Spider-Man movie and movie of anything in general. But I think it's also an example of like how you can write a black character and the movie has absolutely nothing to do with him being black. It's it's just like the best thing ever. You're watching yeah. you're watching this black character do do these just regular superhero things, and he's it, it, there's not a single moment where it's like, oh, uh, I have to that like there there is I was like when watching a black movie when watching a movie with a black like hero it doesn't even have mm-hmm. to be like a superhero movie i'm always expecting like one scene uh, like a shoehorn scene with a police officer i'm i'm always just expecting that and mm-hmm. that wasn't here in this movie why because the story has nothing to do with miles being black and i think mm-hmm. that i think that was so amazing watching it you know mm-hmm. I think and this goes into just the creation of miles morales as a character itself where he succeeds that like other sort of like tokens or efforts in diversity fail is that he's still his own character. They didn't make a black Peter Parker. They made Miles Morales. And like a big thing about Into the Spider-Verse, one of its huge themes is identity, which is something that can like impact and means a lot to black audiences, but it also means a lot to everybody. Because everybody's trying to find their place in the world. So it's yeah. not just this, like, it, it's not about this black, like, even though Miles is black and mixed, it's not this black kid trying to find his place in the world. It's this kid in general trying to find his place in the world and making and his think, own identity. Do you think we should have more stories that are just like that? Yes. I, I, I'd i say so. Like, don't I've get me people, wrong. It, like specificity is important and having yeah. more directed stories like directed stories uh shouldn't go away in general but you need both you need things like into the spider-verse that can appeal to everyone in different ways as much as you need like those like black trauma movies or anything like that it's just about finding the balance right and I, I'd like to dip into a bit of deeper Miles Morales lore. Like I think mm-hmm. I think that all the Miles Morales comics do a good job of him being just being Spider-Man, but there's there's one moment in the comics, I forget which run or which issue it is, but uh, Miles is talking to his best friend Genki, and they're having a conversation, and Genki is like trying to get him he's they're having some sort of argument. And Genki is trying to get him to like be proud of his role as the Black Spider-Man. And then Miles gets angry and he re- he responds. He's like, I don't want to be known as the Black Spider-Man. I just want to be called Spider-Man. And I, th- I that was really powerful for me reading it because I'm just like, dude, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you, you're just Spider-Man. Don't let your race define who you are as a character. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... Uh... Just even uh, in general, not just black people in films, but just like everything in uh, every type of uh, not race, but also, uh, you know, like the LGBTQ community, like all that stuff Mm -hmm. being like forced into films or even when the character is there, like they they over exemplify that that whatever character that they put in there, it's like is there, you know, it's like in real life that doesn't happen. It's like. You know, if I'm like the only, I don't know, black person in school, yeah, it'd be like known, but like, 
I'm not going to walk around and be like, I'm black. No, yeah. it's, and I do all these things like as a black person, like I'm like, you know, yeah. it's like you're promoting more stereotypes and then also like making it so just like you're not making them a character anymore. You're making them like a political yeah. statement right. and mm-hmm. characters shouldn't be political statements. Like they should just be characters like let them be characters. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of want to say something about that because there's this kind of. I don't want to necessarily call it a movement, but like you guys heard and like seen the tweets of like the normalize this or normalize that. Right. Oh, uh, no. The, what do you mean? It's just like people will say like uh, normalize uh, LGBTQ characters in films or uh, normalize like queer love and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like the best way to normalize something is to do just that. Treat it like it's normal. So at some right. point we're going to have to stop like patting ourselves on the back or like applauding and cheering every time there's like this diverse character that's introduced or this character that's not straight or not white or like not a male into it. We're just going to have to be like, it's cool. We can appreciate it, but like we have to start treating it like it's normal and the norm. And like, I get that it's not to that point yet, but part of getting it there. It's just appreciating the character for more than what's like different or political about them. Right. Like I, I feel I feel like um people fall into the trap of celebrating characters for the sake of them being, you know, what they are instead of their actual merit as a character. Cause I guarantee you mm-hmm. there there are some characters out there that were made to pander to a certain audience that people will like absolutely love. And as a character, they're just like flat and terribly ter- terribly written. Like I yeah. can't think I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. Uh, uh to go back to one of our first uh podcasts with, with Cora. Like yeah. it, it's great that they made her buy, but it wasn't executed that, was that mad well. Like like four. And, and compare that to Garnet, who was from Steven Universe, who was this great metaphor for that. Mm-hmm. Like, like that that's the difference. Like to, to me at least, those characters aren't on the same level in their execution. So like we can't treat them at the same tier, if that makes sense. Like Cora, don't get me wrong, Cora is still a great character and there are other aspects of her character that are so cool. Like she's a strong woman. She has the build of like a ton. She's a woman with muscles, which for some reason isn't done that often enough. And I don't know why, (laughs) but like that particular aspect yeah yeah i (laughs) and there's some there's something else like uh, on the other side of this you have the people that are saying oh stop forcing xyz down our throats and i have a lot to say about that in Mm -hmm. the interest of not being inflammatory i just like when it comes Mm -hmm. to entertainment if you don't like something that's being changed no one is forcing you to consume entertainment absolutely no one is forcing you to watch they put it they might put it into someone that they like though that they're already watching but like like, that's the thing you you don't have to like it you don't have to like it yeah Uh, and when you're watching and and it's it's it could be the smallest things too right like hmm. say, say for example oh i actually have a perfect example so recently um in the comics tim drake uh, who, if you don't know, is one of the is one of Batman's Robins. Tim Drake has just been revealed to be bisexual. Um, 
and in in it it was just like it was like a panel or two of um Tim Drake just going out on a date with a with a dude, and everyone's like, "Oh, why, why'd you make Robin gay? Oh, you're ruining my childhood. Oh, you, well, you're forcing it down our throats." And I'm just like, "Guys, it's really not that big of a deal. One, you have literally like four or five other Robins that are completely straight. <laughs> exactly. There's so many Robins, and also, and also, it's like Robins. it's not. It wasn't being forced down your throat because what if they had that exact same panel, but instead of instead of Tim Drake being with a dude, he was with a girl. No one would be complaining." Absolutely yeah. no one. So it's like, it, it's not being forced down your throats. It's literally just another aspect of the character. If you don't, yeah. if the, if it's written, if the romance is like written terribly, then you can criticize it, but you can't criticize it on the merit of being what it is, you know? Yeah. Did, did you that, guys hear, hear about the incident with uh, Batman in the comics and like how one of the authors, or original creators, like Batman doesn't go down on women, yes. <laughs> no. yeah, so, so like, complaint. That, that that's what I yeah. That so that's what I'd say is different. Like what Tim Drake people like have no basis. Like, <laughs> it, it's well executed like that. With the Batman doesn't go down on people. I can see both sides. It's like yeah, it shouldn't matter. But at the same time, my question is, why is that in a comic? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess it's it's not it's not even like a Batman doesn't have sexual relations because obviously he does. But like, yeah. why why specifically a certain action? Like, does it yeah. really? <laughs> and my take on that is like, I don't know. I don't really care because I my favorite part of the comic is not going to be the part when Batman where Batman. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not gonna be like, oh no, Batman didn't. Can like, you imagine picking up a Batman comic? Like, man, I hope there's a Batman and Catwoman scene in here. <laughs> Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, All right. uh, you don't need to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I might have to cut this one. No, <laughs> of course. Hey, like, hey, if, if we need to stay family friendly, we can cut this. Yeah. <laughs> well, all that all the thing that says is like there are no um, cursing. So, mm. cursed. Uh... Did we curse? I go no, down. I just, don't, I don't talking so. about an elevator. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an elevator, an elevator from down. Batman's mouth to Catwoman's cat. There's a lot of psychological <laughs> trauma, mm-hmm. and he won't go down. Oh, I, I just, I just think that when it comes to um, characters, especially like um, like popular characters, you. What what what? Oh, I'm sorry. What's the topic of this episode again? I feel like yeah, 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 diverse, diversity <laughs> in media and tokenization. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like when it comes to a character in certain aspects of the character, like you, there, I think there are a couple different schools of thought, and the one that I I'm like interested in is like if if it's not like essential to the story or the development of the character, I don't really need to touch on it. Like, um, a- another big thing, like going back to the representation of the LGBTQ plus community, like I don't really particularly care what the sexuality of my characters is, unless like a big part of the character development is who they're involved with romantically or sexually. Mm-hmm. So like, like people were having a big stink when it come, um, when it comes to Dumbledore and Grindelwald, do you guys know the whole thing about Dumbledore and Grindelwald? Uh, is that Harry Potter? Because I know nothing uh, about Harry Potter. The Dumbledore is gay. Yeah. So here, here's the thing, right? 
Um, so Dumbledore, and you had these two characters, Dumbledore and Grindelwald, and they were written as two characters who grew up together as really great friends. And but and but Grindelwald went um, grew up to be a dark wizard, but Dumbledore didn't. Dumbledore like refused to catch him because of their connection, and people mm-hmm. read into that as uh, as like a queer coded relationship, which I guess is fine until. Um, uh, until uh, uh, wow, J.K. Rowling was like, actually, no, he couldn't attack him because of a spell, and now there was no like confirmation of what Dumbledore's sexuality is, and then people got angry because no, they're like confirmed it. But but here but here's the thing. I watched this. I watched this video about. I'm cutting, getting off on a tangent, so I'll keep this quick. I watched this video about the difference between like what the author intends and what the fan base intends, and like mm-hmm. which one is the actual like which one is the more important you know and i just i just thought that was very i thought that was very interesting because like the the dumbledore's sexuality doesn't really matter and yeah like it and to me like obviously it's up for interpretation dumbledore is dead now so there's not really much that they can uh write yeah (laughs) it but like i i just i just think that certain things like that where you're where and this is all happening after like the last eight books because none of this was explored mm-hmm. in the in the uh, from Chamber of Seat from wow the Philosopher's Stone to Deathly Hollows. This is after mm-hmm. the fact after the original mo- all the movies came out and everything. So when it comes to like retroactively making things progressive, like I don't really I've never really understood the point behind that. You know? Yes. Like I, I get it if like the author comes out and can like finally say that, yeah, this is what I had originally intended, but because of things at the time, right. I had to code it. But like, mm-hmm. there, there's a difference between like the author and the audience in that regard. But at the same time, like that's the great thing about like media. Once it's out into the world, it no longer solely belongs to the author. Yeah. So like, people can think what they want, but I, I, I do yeah. kind of like your take on it, John. Like, is, is Dumbledore straight or gay? Dumbledore's dead. <laughs> He's dead. He doesn't <laughs> He's dead. I mean, like it, they're still doing the um, what's it called? The Fantastic Fantastic Beast. Beast but that's a prequel. So. It's, it's yeah, a prequel. but in there he's still alive. Yeah, but. You know, I mean, they already did the crimes of Grindelwald, and Grindelwald is already in jail, so there's not really much that they can explore with him. Isn't isn't there one more movie? I think there's another movie coming out, but I don't think it has anything to do with Grindelwald. But is he like the big bad? Well, yeah, but he's also in. We all we already know that he he's in jail. Like Grindelwald already appeared in the Harry the original Harry Potter movies and books, and, and he was in jail. Oh, you mean like, because like he escaped jail in the in the trilogy. I mean, not the trilogy. You know what I'm saying? The Fantastical Beast. He escaped. He escaped jail in the second movie because I'm pretty sure the second movie was about them dealing with him. I forget which one he escaped in. But I, he don't, escaped. I don't. <laughs> listen, all all I know is that he ends up back in jail because in mm-hmm. either the Deathly Hollows one or part two, or maybe the half blood print, the half blood Prince Voldemort goes to visit Grindelwald in jail. That's all I know. But the word now yeah. we're talking, now we're just arguing so, about Harry Potter lore. So, so, so is Grindelwald a, 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 a Hufflepuff or a Slytherin? Grindelwald, Grindelwald was a Gryffindor, I believe. 
Dang. Wow. How can Hold on. I actually, Gellert Grindelwald. What Gellert. So, so does that mean he got points? Did he have a familiar? What was his one? Oh, I no. Grindelwald. I forgot. Grindelwald, Grindelwald was never accepted into um, Hogwarts. Okay. Yeah. I want to I I bring it back for a second. And I yes. want to talk about um, all black shows, shows with a mainly black or all black cast. I'm talking like Blackish or The Proud Family or mm-hmm. um, Black Lightning, shows like that. And how black. I think I think that they're very interesting in that they in a lot of ways, I feel like they suffer in the same ways that shows without diversity. Well, that, well, that's the thing that the main the shows with many black casts like they aren't diverse. They're just with black people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that they serve to the greater diversification of media in general. Yeah. But as mm-hmm. shows, I find that a lot of them are lacking. I'm not saying that The Proud Family or any of those shows are bad shows. I think The Proud Family is like a pillar of my childhood. I just want to point that out there. That was great. Um, great show. Hashtag um, boondocks. Boondocks. Oh, let's talk about the boondocks. I can't no. mention a lot of things. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we don't need to talk about the boondocks. Oh, okay. <laughs> before, before we hop from topic to topic, real quick on your point about like uh, black shows like like Black Ish, the Proud Family, Boondocks, and everything. That's the thing. I don't think those stories needed to have a diverse cast if the story that they're telling True. is mainly about like that particular group of people. You're right. Like, you know, you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah like they, they had it's... Zoe and the Proud Family, and like that. That's like a real situation, and like uh, living in a neighborhood that's predominantly black, and then you have. Like this one white girl that lives in the neighborhood that everybody's cool with. That that happens right. just as much as uh, in Blackish. You have this black family upper upper middle class trying to fit in in their current society while still remaining true to who they are. Like right. all of that stuff happens. It's when you try and like force and manufacture diversity, like you're trying, like you're on like a college website or like a high right. school textbook. <laughs> Like For that's exa- not how the world is. A lot Prime of example was M Night Shyamalan with Avatar. That, no, I feel like no, 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 no. Like, yeah, that's that's not a good example. That's not a good example of diversity. Prime example of, no, prime example of forcing diversity. No, 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 no. Here, no let me talk about it. No, let me talk about it because because he didn't. When he for diversity, he didn't have to force anything. Avatar was already diverse. He just that got everything wrong. Example. He, that is he the put, worst example you could use. No, what I'm saying is like he made it diverse in sections where it doesn't need to be. It's like these people, like if you're coming from the Northern Water Tribe is based on like the Inuits, right? So like, you know, why are you going to have someone who's like white in there? That's not making it diverse. That's just incorrect. It's very different. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He just did it incorrectly. He was trying, he was saying this is trying to be diverse. He's like, oh, it shouldn't matter. Like what, um, the thing is but it's like no no he should. wasn't trying to be diverse he was trying to cover his behind because he messed up <laughs> so badly at adapting something that shouldn't have been hard to adapt at all i mean i don't know that's what he said that's what he said he did cool. it for like he said it shouldn't matter like oh what um you know what they were from or whatever which is like with anything like if you're taking something from like 
1600s like england like sure there might have been black people there because of um just servitude or imports or whatever or like pirates whatever but like for the majority it's gonna be white people mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like you can't just shoehorn a race in there because you feel like it you know what i'm yeah, saying right. If it's based on a certain time or like in a certain area where there is statistically this type of people, like you should, that's important to like make sure it's there. Right. On the note of Avatar, uh, did you guys see the cast for the uh, Netflix live action series released? No. Oh, I have not. Uh, I will send it to you guys. But essentially, it looks like they're doing an all right job with um, the casting. They actually casted an indigenous character to play Katara. Um, they casted an East Asian, is, Eastern Asian actor. So this is like uh, live action? Yes, live action. Okay. They casted they, an Eastern yeah. Asian um, person to play Zuko. Um, I'm pretty sure Aang and Sokka are white, but like they're getting somewhere, you know? In fact, let me, let me, get, let me get the... Uh... Well, isn't Aang Asian though? Like Talon, yeah. Talon Monk? Of uh, live action cast. Uh, to be cut in the future, yes. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, just make it good. The, the, there's a reason why certain things are animated. Yeah, I, I'd love to see. So I'd, I'd love to see, like, certain things get um, the live-action treatment, but at the same time, like, I don't really need it. I don't need a live-action Invincible. I really don't. I really, really don't. And Is that happening? I think so. <laughs> Why? The show just started! <laughs> I, I, I put it in resource. Oh. So, um, yeah, so the live-action cast for Avatar The Last Game Ready, you have Gordon Cormier playing Aang, He's a, I think he's a 12 year old actor and I'm pretty sure he's white, but I'm not entirely, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, If he shaves his head, he might actually fit the role pretty well. Yeah. I mean, as long as it looks, as long as he looks like the character, you know, Uh, then you have, I'm going to absolutely butcher this name. uh, Kia Wentio, um, an indigenous Mm -hmm. actor playing, um, playing Katara. Then you have Ian Owsley playing Sokka and Dallas Liu playing Zuko. Now, my only gripe, like, obviously, no disrespect to the actor, but, like, Kia Wentio, she looks very fair-skinned. It might just be the lighting in the photo that they chose to use, but, at like, Sokka and Katara are supposed to be, like, darker. Honestly, mm. no, I, can, I can live with it. Because it's about how the characters are, you know, portrayed. Um, I just, I just wish that you know the characters were a bit darker, so we could get that, say, so we could get that same kind yeah. of feeling the animation. Because it does feel weird to have Zuko be darker than them. Right, right. Like looking at it, then again, like like I said, it might just be the lighting, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't have to be exact, though. Like, yeah, that's true. You don't gotta be like, oh, she, she gotta like, be pigments. These are the I limits think. of live action. Yeah. Like, yeah, you I mean, can find somebody that looks like the character, but isn't, but, you know, yeah, they're a trash actor. Mm-hmm. We don't want yeah. that. 
like all I want is for them to use actual martial arts and for the bending to look cool. Right. Right. And firebenders make their own fire. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> It doesn't take four earthbenders to move a rock. Right. Right. Oh my god. Okay. But it's like, how do you make that? How do you sit I, there and be like, this is okay? This is okay. Yeah. Everyone was probably just like, M Knight, what are you doing? What are yeah. you doing? In the yeah, interest like, of this not turning back into an avatar the last ever episode, on a final note, I would like yeah, to ask you guys. I, I, on final, I would like to ask you guys what are some, what are some like diverse topics that you would like to see portrayed in the media? Like, like what what are some cultures or some uh, some aspects of different um, people of the world that you would like to see portrayed in media? Asians, Asians. I know nothing about their culture. Like the only well, bridge I have is like anime. But like even that is like you know a hyper. It's like an exaggeration. I don't know what their day to day lives are. You yeah. should look into K dramas for like Korea, like Korean, Korean culture. Stuff. Yeah, uh, K dramas are a good source for that. Other than that, like literally, there are so many on Netflix. There are so many like Chinese um, movies and everything. Mm-hmm. Like you can find so many different movies that are that have subtitles on them on Netflix. I know my dad watches a lot of them. Like I'll, I'll walk upstairs and he'll he'll be he, he watches he watches the dub for everything because he doesn't read subtitles. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, dirty man, he'll see. I'll I'll see movies from like the Philippines and movies from uh, uh, from China and a and all different parts of Asia and India. So like you can you can you can see a lot of Asian um Asian influence and Asian uh media and it's it's very different from America from anything in America or anything that's Asian inspired made in America you know and then what also you, like uh, American Asian American experiences mm-hmm. yeah that would be yeah, interesting yeah that, that's like a very good question I don't really think of like media like I just want to hear good stories and like mm-hmm. there, there's so many different cultures with so many different like stories and religions and mythologies that they have so like i i just want to see like more diverse things in general but like right. not not just for like educational purpose like it's it's always good to like learn but just to see what kind of like entertainment or different perspective we could get or what sort of compelling story is still left to be shared with the world. Right. I I I, com- I completely agree. You know, I I don't really <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What? <laughs> being, being an idiot. You're a child. Why would you laugh at that? Why would you type that in the chat? You're a child. Anyway. Are you guys passing notes while we're doing this podcast? <laughs> no. Josh is just being an idiot in the resource chat. Um, That's so, a uh, Yeah, so I would just like, to, I would like to see more stuff from anywhere. You know, there are a lot of things that I just don't, I I just don't understand about, about the world. There's this one show on Netflix called The 3%. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty yeah. sure uh, it was it was in Portuguese, and I was watching mm-hmm. it. It was so interesting because uh, it was it was completely fictional, setting like a dystopian world. But 
the the influences are so are so distinctly different from America's influences that I found it so interesting and I was really enthralled. Um, mm-hmm. If I if I had to be specific, I guess like maybe a bit more. Uh, I would I would love to see a, a lot more Native American and, and Indigenous peoples. Um, that would uh, be cool. That would be so sick. That would so be awesome. really cool. Anyone ever watch the last Mohican? I did not watch the last Mohican. Uh, that sounds familiar. Old movie. It's a yeah. You mean the last of the Mohicans? I don't know the exact title. Let's see. Mm. I think it is the last Mohican. It's the last Mohican son. The last of the Mohicans. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. But yeah, I yeah. There's the animated one. (laughs) But yeah, like just get get. I think the key here is really just authenticity and being genuine when dealing with diversity don't just do it for the sake of like making a statement or to be political or to like gain the attention of some audience or do it because you actually want to tell that story right and then do justice to the character that you create or bring to the forefront when you do decide to diversify like that because like nobody wants just a, a shoddy representation of themselves, mm-hmm. but no matter like where they come from. So just, uh, if I could say one thing to anybody out there who's creators, you know, if you're listening, any big wigs, if you happen to stumble upon this podcast, just be, be authentic with whatever you do, because that's what audiences truly appreciate. I guarantee you, if you try to pander to us, it will not work. It's going to backfire. So please just be authentic and then your work will shine through and it's going to become something special. It's a very scary thing to be yourself, but uh, you're better for being yourself. Sure. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jai here. Thank you so much for listening to this awesome episode. We have more on the way. We post every Saturday at 12 p.m. And if you want to go follow us on Instagram, we are Three Cousins Do a Podcast. We post all of our updates on there, and you can see all three of our personalities up there as well. And cool stuff. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>